Well, 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 well. We back. On the heels of Jared Vanderbilt becoming a Laker for longer than just the season alone, Anthony Davis securing a franchise extension that makes him the heartbeat of the Lakers, and Christian Wood finally signing with the team. It's back. We're back. The Ethos Lakers podcast is back. Ethan here. I'm stoked to be with you. Solo ride as we come back. We prepare for the preseason. You'll be here with me, with JC, and with all of us in Lakerland as we stroll into what has to be one of the more anticipated seasons in recent Lakers memory. And again, it's all because of what has transpired. Rob Palinka working the phones, working the internet lines, working the underground, working the overground, working everywhere where he can in order to find the best version of the team that he's able to put together and what a team it looks to be, at least on paper. Anthony Davis, Jared Vanderbilt, Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, D'Angelo Russell, Gabe Vincent, Christian Wood, Cam Reddish, Jackson Hayes, Torian Prince. These are just guys who were signed this offseason, let alone drafting Jalen Hood, Shafino, drafting Maxwell Lewis, and looking into the present and the future in order to maximize what is left of LeBron's career. Coming back for a a mind-shattering 21st season and the level at which he has just defined greatness for such a long period of time. We don't even recognize consciously or cognitively what exactly goes into his performance at this point in his career. I want you to think about the fact that LeBron is entering his 21st year, which means someone who came into this earth the same year that LeBron came into the league is now going to watch him play professional basketball while enjoying a beer or alcoholic beverage of their choice, okay? That is the length of time. But this Lakers offseason has been nothing short of absolutely phenomenal. We start with Jared Vanderbilt only because we got the news very, very early on Friday. Shana Tova to all Jewish listeners out there. Happy Russia Shana if you observe it in any capacity like I do. And really, what a start it is with Jared Vanderbilt, four years, $48 million contract extension, allowing him a, a, a really, what who appears to be a very good, young, developing player, a, becomes a cost-controlled, very good, young, developing player. This gives Vanderbilt financial security. This gives him team security as someone who has bounced around quite a bit. You look back at that trade that brought Jared Vanderbilt over to the Lakers, and you almost can't believe it. Russell Westbrook, Damian Jones, Juan Toscano Anderson, and a first-round pick from Malik Beasley, although he's no longer with the team. More importantly, D'Angelo Russell and Jared Vanderbilt. I mean, it's nothing short of incredible how that trade has really been the catalyst for everything that has transpired for the Lakers since But with Vando now under contract, it's clear that the Lakers value him regardless of whether he starts or comes off the bench. I don't think it's going to matter in terms of the impact he's going to be capable of having on this team and on the totality of this roster because of his versatility, obviously at the defensive side. But as long as he continues to work on and continue to evolve his offensive game, this contract will look like a bargain in no time. Anyone who says he's overpaid doesn't understand how the dynamics of the NBA work. I encourage you 
to go take a look at players who are signed to that level of salary and say that Jared Vanderbilt is overpaid. And now the Lakers feel like they are set for the preseason. Doesn't look like there's any additional news that's coming on the horizon. Earlier this offseason, just a couple of weeks ago, we got the news that finally Christian Wood, two-year deal, although really it's a one-and-one deal for, for Wood with a player option, allows the Lakers to finally get him into the fold. We'll see what kind of role he winds up carving out for himself. Is there a path for him to start? Absolutely. Is there a path for him to play no minutes at all? Absolutely. That is sort of the enigma that has been the case with Christian Wood. We can talk more about that in a little bit. But prior to that, Rob Palenka also extending Anthony Davis three years, $168 million, making no mistake about what the direction of this team is going to be and making no mistake that Austin Reeves will not be the next Alex Caruso. And hopefully that will be the last time we hear an Alex Caruso comparison, bringing him back as well. So shout out to Rob Palenka, who has just done an absolutely phenomenal job in piecing this group together. And now as the Lakers move forward, they have the cohesion, they have the confidence, and they have the continuity that will allow them to find success at the team level. All right, so we kind of look up and down this Lakers roster at this point. We kind of got to figure it out in terms of who's going to play where. And, you know, what we're not sure about are rotations, pairings, starting lineup, second unit, all those details that be worked out throughout the preseason. But what we do know is that the Lakers have arguably their most versatile team of the LeBron James era and arguably their most talented team of the LeBron James era. And of course, I'm cognizant of the fact that, of course, the Lakers won the championship in the 2020 bubble. But when you bring back guys like Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura with where they are in their development to pair with a with a guy in Jared Vanderbilt who is bringing into his own, with a guy like Gabe Vincent, with a guy like Anthony Davis, by the way. Again, I can't stress this extension enough for Anthony Davis, a kid who is literally in his prime, right? And so people wonder about oh, why Anthony Davis, he's so injury prone, he's this, he's that, he's this, he's that. I feel like that is just such a tired rhetoric and narrative at this point. I feel like people who just say Anthony Davis is injury prone and nothing else and have no real critical analysis of the situation beyond that, even when discussing his injuries, are just looking to dismiss the topic entirely. Because what it comes down to is, 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 is a failure or a willful ignorance to really examine what he's able to do in terms of his impact for this team. Now, we, we have already had the, the off-season, quote-unquote, report of Anthony Davis wanting to play less center. Positions are meaningless. It's not position-based basketball. What it is is he doesn't want to be necessarily the last line of defense in, in the bruising post. That doesn't mean he's not going to block shots. It doesn't mean he's not going to be active around the rim. It just means that he might not want to bang down low all the time. Regardless of what it is, the Lakers are going to do what's best for the Lakers. And Anthony Davis is going to do what the Lakers want him to do because that's how it's going to go. But it doesn't matter because it's all such a, an attempt to kind of contrive this idea that Anthony Davis is lesser than the player that we all know that he is, which is a, a defensively, I mean, he's a defensive king. Offensively, he's one of the most talented big men in basketball. And so long as he's able to provide equal energy at both ends of the court, 
he is one of the more unstoppable players in the game. The big knock on him is why isn't he consistently dominant? Well, that's my challenge to AD for this year, is to consistently go out there and dominate, like we saw in the playoffs at one point, like we have seen at times with him, but to consistently dominate and on more nights than not in LeBron's 21st season, we're saying Anthony Davis is the best player on the floor. Jerry Vanderbilt's extension now in the bag. Austin Reeves comes back and, I mean, fresh off of a Team USA tour with in the, in the FIBA games and the FIBA Cup, obviously a, di- a disappointing loss for Team USA. But Austin Reeves back in the, back in the fold for a, a number that I just... I really don't understand. I know that the farce of restricted free agency really frustrates teams and you know puts them in a bad situation. So no team even so much as threw an offer sheet in Austin Reeves' direction. But my goodness, for the Lakers to be able to retain Reeves for six million dollars more, literally a million and a half dollars more a year than Jared Vanderbilt, it's it's just it is really striking to me. Rui Hachimura gets paid seventeen million dollars a year. The Lakers are paying him like the player that he looked like he was in the playoffs, which again is totally fine with me. I do believe he is that player. Now, can he bring it with that level of consistently night after night when the stage isn't the biggest or the lights aren't the brightest, despite it being for the Lakers? That's that's definitely a question. D'Angelo Russell and Gabe Vincent is obviously the most sort of intriguing comparison. D'Angelo Russell gets more money overall in terms of uh, the annual average value and 37 million versus 33 million. But I don't think that just necessarily means anything in terms of what the expected roles are going to be. D'Angelo Russell should, and I think will have an inside track to start. But if Gabe Vincent comes out there and looks like he's the best option, then, then he's going to be the best option. I don't think there's a pathway for both of them to start. I think that's too small of a backcourt for Lakers, and they struggle defensively, especially with D'Angelo Russell already, you know, a little bit of a question mark sometimes on that side of the court anyway. Cam Reddish and Jackson Hayes are, are, are the reclamation projects, right? Jackson Hayes a couple of years ago kind of looked like an intriguing prospect, started to stretch the floor out a little bit, shot almost 40% from three, which is really surprising. Then last year took a little bit of a, of a step backwards. It's always concerning when it's a young player. Cam Reddish has just bounced around, and every time you, he finds a new quote-unquote home, it seems like, oh, this is the one that's going to unlock this hidden potential. He's finally become you know, the lottery pick that he was drafted to be. We'll see. Maybe it is for the Lakers, but, you know, I can also see a potential where Cam Reddish doesn't have, you know, a, a particularly large role, especially to begin the season. Torian Prince, you know, is going to is going to play. He's going to play real minutes, although he signed for only four and a half million dollars in terms of the value deal with the Lakers. I think he's a player who can really bring a lot of value to this team, a la Jake Crowder or that mold of a player. I think that's something the Lakers have been missing for a little while. So I really like that fit. And overall, it's a supplement with the, with the existing talent when you have, you know, LeBron James at the core of everything you're going to do otherwise. I mean, it really is an impressive roster. If the Lakers wind up rolling out a first five, it looks like D'Angelo Russell, looks like LeBron James, looks like Austin Reeves, looks like, you know, Anthony Davis, and looks like Jared Vanderbilt or, what, or Christian Wood or whatever it winds up being. I mean, the Lakers have real talent. Lakers are going to be at least 10 players deep on every given night. Lakers are going to be able to sort of pick and choose in terms of matchups, what might work for them. There are going to be teams that will give them challenges, right? The Lakers don't have a quote-unquote big center, right? Except for Anthony Davis, they don't have that, that Dwight Howard type of center, not to say that they necessarily need one. Christian Wood is a big guy, but he's not, you know, a thick guy, right? He's, he's a sl- slim and slender tall guy. So that's that's one area that you kind of look at the Lakers and say, okay, we'll see how that translates. Uh, I am curious to see how these guys play together, especially with the new additions. You know, uh, now that we've seen the Lakers 
come together in terms of from last trade deadline. Guys like Vanderbilt, D'Lo, Rui, Austin Reeves, when he assumed a bigger role. Now they're accustomed to playing with one another. The newer guys, how does, you know, Gabe Vincent, Christian Wood in particular, how do they integrate Torian Prince? I think that'll be worth watching. And I think as the Lakers move forward, what they have to be excited about is that they just really have this core locked in. So even in the event that LeBron's last year is his 21st season, which is most certainly an option, right? Especially if it winds up with the Lakers, you know, playing deep into the season and making a title push. There's always that chance at this point in LeBron's career where this year, the year could be his last. The Lakers are not going to find themselves in this damning position of, oh shit, we have to completely rebuild our organization now that LeBron is gone because they've learned lessons from not only their own past, but also from teams LeBron on LeBron has been on in the past. And it allows the Lakers to remain in a position of flexibility, whether they're going to remain competitive or whether they're going to go in a different direction because they have cost-controlled assets. Rob Palenka has really, really, really done a, a very good job after, you know, constructing a team that very much clearly did not work. And I don't want to say doubling down on it, but almost doubling down on it, say, no, you know, you know, we, we think we can still make this work, yada, yada, yada. And, and really has reshaped the identity and core structure of this Lakers team in such a way that is not only exciting from a fan standpoint, but it's really exciting from a business standpoint and just from a, uh, an overall model standpoint. It's a model of sustainability and it's a model that attracts talent from other places in the league beyond just the lore of playing for the Lakers. So I give Rob Palenka a lot of credit. And I think, you know, Lakers fans have done a complete 180 on what kind of executive he's capable of being based on the fact that although we say trust the process, this is very much a results-oriented business in the front office. So it's great that the Lakers have this team that offers a lot of depth, it offers a lot of versatility, it offers a lot of different dynamic looks, and it offers the Lakers the potential to go in a variety of ways. But the real question is, at the end of the day, are the Lakers able to compete with the Nuggets, and I don't even want to ask if they're better than the Nuggets, because A, the Nuggets just won the NBA championship, and B, in the postseason series against the Nuggets, the Lakers, although they were in games, were clearly not at the same level. So can the Lakers compete with the Nuggets? Now, they return mostly the same team, right? They have had some additions from exterior, obviously. I think Gabe Vincent has to be considered the most surprising addition of the offseason, not because in, term, in terms of his the contract, not because in terms of the positional support, but I just don't think anyone had that on their bingo card. I think after Miami made another deep run last season, they had Gabe Vincent and most of that team returning sort of intact, right, in order to remain and, and make a potentially another push. But who knows? Miami obviously very clearly and Damian Lillard have eyes for one another. So perhaps Gabe Vincent would have been playing for Portland had he re-signed with Miami. Who knows how it's all going to shake out. But at the end of the day, he has to be considered the most surprising signing, I think. And I think what he will allow the Lakers to do is to, I would think that it will allow them to get a little bit more creative with how they deploy D'Angelo Russell. Again, not to say that they're necessarily going to play at the same time, and maybe they do, and maybe there's an opportunity for that, but that's not how I would, you know, start what, what I think could be the best looks. But I think what it will allow the Lakers to do is to be more uh, selective about D'Angelo Russell, and perhaps, you know, a player like that, his playing time may fluctuate on a nightly basis again. And I think that's sort of the idea of this Lakers team overall is 
on any given night that they may lean on certain guys harder than the others in order to just be able to match up the best possible. Now, that sounds a lot better than it truly is because what it requires is to for a team to have an approach like that requires a lot of selflessness, requires almost everybody, no, not almost everybody, excuse me, requires everybody to be bought in and on the same page and it requires a complete removal of the ego from the team now although the lakers are a tight-knit group and it appears that everybody likes one another with guys playing for contracts for contract incentives all sorts of things that can impact the team and i don't think that particular angle is discussed enough in terms of perhaps why rob palinka chose to go about it in this particular way of constructing a team Right, he's learned a lot as an executive since he's taken over and fulfilled this role, but he has a ton of experience on the agent side as well. So he knows how the game is played now from both vantage points. And so perhaps by extending these guys, by bringing back the core, by keeping everybody happy in terms of what their contract is, all that, this, that, and the other. And the only guys on real short-term deals are either LeBron at the end of his career, which is obvious, or guys who are really just playing for their next, you know, opportunity perhaps. It allows the Lakers to to engage in that process that I just described. It allows the Lakers to truly come together around one common goal. And I do think that there can be some magic made around LeBron's 21st season. If you're playing on this team and you don't recognize that this could be LeBron James's final season and you don't recognize the opportunity this team has, then you really shouldn't be playing on this team. It is that simple, right? The Lakers have, have one of, if not the biggest target on their back because everybody is praising their offseason and and rightfully so but there has not been a critique of it other than perhaps they paid guys a couple more million dollars annually or a few more million dollars annually than they should have like I hear that a lot with Rui which is why I made the comment that I did earlier you think about it okay so let's say you re-sign Rui to a three-year 42 million dollar contract instead of a three-year 51 million dollar contract what are you doing with that extra $9 million? You, your team's already over the cap, so it's not, it's not a cap situation. Where are you allocating that extra $9 million and on what? You can't even spend it. So these critiques where it's like, oh, they shouldn't have paid him that much. It's commonplace for teams to, to I don't want to say overpay their own players, but to pay them in such a way where it guarantees their return rather than the absence of the player and the inability to upgrade. Those criticisms ring a little hollow and flat for me. And I think that's that's kind of where I sit with that. But now the Lakers have extended themselves beyond the core that fueled them forward last season. They brought in this, these ancillary parts that seem to fit really well. And it's really, really an intriguing mix of players, all whom are hungry in various types of uh, arenas and avenues in terms of per- both you know, personal achievement and accomplishments, but also team-based accomplishment. And when I say personal achievements, I really don't mean I'm just out here to get mine. It's just in terms of where they are in their careers and what they have achieved to this point. So I think if you're a Lakers fan, it's a really exciting time. I think if, if you're the Lakers, it's a really exciting time. And I just can't stress enough the importance of Phil Handy and the role that he has played in the player development process for these Lakers and what has come to be in the last, just in particular, the last, you know, six six to eight months. But going forward, Phil Handy will be a, continue to be essential and Darvin Ham is very lucky to have him. 
We're all lucky to be able to watch Lakers basketball in a matter of a few weeks and have our favorite Lakers podcast back on the air. Until next time, you already know, I'm out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.